0: Good afternoon. My name is James Ski, CEO and founder of Sales Confidence. You can get these from any store near you, but you have to go online to Sales Confidence Swag Store to order those. Hello, Alex. You've snuck Hello. on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm really proud that we've got such an experienced sales director on today. Um, what we're going to do is we're just going to gather um, our speakers. And then what I'll do is I'll do a proper opening for our audience. and um, We're expecting over 100 attendees today, so um, this is really exciting. I guess while we're waiting for the other speakers to arrive, Alex, um, I'll do a proper introduction for you later. Um, But what's top of mind right now? What's happening at Sales Confidence and SASGRAVE? What's got you excited?
1: Top of mind right now is um, obviously the online conference, uh, SASGRAVE 2020 Live, that we're going to be running um, on the 8th of July. So um, a lot of work going on in the background, um, technology partners, speakers, um, and everything in between. Um, The exciting part is I think um, a lot of people have been putting on online conferences recently, um, with mixed results, but there's been some there's been some really great ones, and I think we're at the point now where where, where we're looking to deliver something that's pretty revolutionary. So exciting um, and imminent. So uh, check your calendars and, and join us.
0: Join us. So so that's the eighth of July, Sasgrove Live. Uh, it'll be hashtag SasGrove Live. It's Europe's leading sales and revenue online event there's just simply nothing like this in Europe this is the third year we're running it the first time we're running it online um and we've got some great experience behind us so we've Sean Condren's just flown in amazing Sean and Will's just arrived as well um so I'll I'll give you guys a proper introduction a couple of shout outs we got Kevin we got Adil we got Mike make sure you drop your comment into the links people I can't shout out your name unless you're commenting So just so you understand the format today, I will do an introduction in a minute and I'll ask our speakers to go and prep. Uh, Each speaker has seven minutes. That's right. The famous seven minutes to deliver value that needs to be actionable insights. That needs to be golden nuggets. It's not easy out there and we need to support you through this. That's why I've gathered true hustlers. These individuals on this call today, they know how to dig deep and they know how to win in hard times. After each of the seven minute talks, there will be a panel and I'll bring everybody back like this and you'll be asked to ask questions. Um, another shout out to Adam. Great to see you. Tom Rick Ringhofer, a bit of a legend I've heard in the industry. Mike Albert, Lira, Tom O'Connor. Right. Let's start bringing this in. Let's have a bit of fun today. You know, we've all been sitting on our asses. So let's start enjoying um, how we can take advantage of this. So, guys, if I can ask you to depart and I'll invite you back later. All right. Cool. So, thank you, everybody who's just joining us. Um, We're three minutes past the kickoff time. And uh, just as a reminder, my name is James Ski. I'm the CEO and founder of Sales Confidence. Uh, We are building the world's largest and most valuable. B2B sales community. We want to be the home and the destination for you throughout your career. So day-to-day, our mission is we're focused on elevating your profession because we love it and we've been through it, but we want to help you at each stage of your career. So wherever you are in your career right now, we want to help you with your performance, your mindset, and your well-being. And we've got a dedicated team. In fact, at Sales Confidence, Two years ago, it was just me. I was a single solo founder. There's now over 25 people in the company, and we've got 10 people in sales alone. So if you want to chat to anybody in the team, you want to find out how we can support you. Maybe I could introduce you to one of my 20,000 LinkedIn connections. Maybe I could introduce you um, to your next employer. That's what we are. We're a network. We're here to help you. Simple as that. It's one of our core values is that we care and we want to help you as our members. Um, Thank you, Oliver, for the observation on Will's shirt. Apparently he borrowed it. Um, Welcome, Thomas. Rosina, good to see you. Um, David, thank you for getting involved today. I would love it while we're on this, because we're gonna be together for the next 90 minutes. Get up on LinkedIn, put a little post up there, let people know that you're investing in yourself. Because right now, others are bumming around. So let's invest in ourselves. Share your LinkedIn post. We will act and we will comment on it. Obviously none of this would be possible without our famous sponsors. Everybody should be using a tool like Salesloft. Salesloft is the the world's number one sales engagement platform and that's used for cadences, automating your outbound. Go check them out. Platinum, we've got AirCall. We love the phone. That's literally we love it. We love the phone that sells confidence. Big fans of this. And AirCall is what we use. We also recognise that it's important to accept and understand reviews. So um, we use this amazing review software called G2. Highly recommend it. I think Nunu um, he is in there. Yeah, there you are. Nunu De Cruz. Go and have a chat with him. The guy's exceptionally bright. He'll help you understand how you can leverage um, G2 for lead generation. We've then got Venetrix. Venetrix is the UK's number one SDR recruitment platform. Fantastic if you need to persuade your VP or CRO to get some more SDRs in. You know, we automate a lot of um, our uh, engagement, but we personalize it with the power of our SDRs. Speak to Kevin, speak to Tom, speak to the other Tom and speak to Graham if you want to learn more. Also, big shout-out to Refract. That's who we use for call coaching. Um, We want to shout-out to SalesWorks, Seismic, Air Marketing, Marketing Confidence, Jiminy, Exactly, and Clary, which is a forecasting tool. And also, big shout-out to SimilarWeb, which is great for data. That's the plugs. Enough from me. So today, I want to introduce you to our first speaker, Sean Condren. So I've watched Sean develop his career over the last 10 years. He's worked at four listed SaaS companies, including the likes of Concur, Seamless, and most recently, City Pantry. This is an individual that is generated in his last role over 4 million pounds worth of closed business. 50% of that came from outbound. So he is meticulous with how he is actually running a process right now though guys we're suffering targets have dropped but commissions down it's not fun and i do want to acknowledge that it is not fun for many of us out there and you know heartfelt um thoughts go out to any of you whose family and friends have been impacted we've had people in our company impacted and it is quite difficult but we can only control what we can control and sean if i can invite you in now He's going to be talking um, about how you can support the prospecting process and have patience. He's got a number of frameworks he's going to walk you through. Um, listen carefully, take notes. This is all recorded. So if you have to jump off to the toilet or you have to call your girlfriend or your boyfriend, that's fine. We will record this and we will also do a summary, a full written summary that you will be able to read. Just one final shout out as many of you will know, we've launched the world's very first sales learning and development membership. We actually have a SaaS platform. Woo-hoo! So you can actually subscribe to Sales Confidence, the membership platform, and you get daily dosage from the top leaders in the UK. And you're going to hear from more legends like Sean Condren. Good to see you, Adam. Great to see you, Shane. Um, let's get Sean Condren up.
2: Thanks, James. Great, and uh, thanks to the sales confidence team as well for the invite, I've been following the company for a couple of years, so nice little privilege to to get invited on. So firstly, I'm just gonna acknowledge that I appreciate the title of this talk is probably not something that people necessarily want to hear because it's essentially take a step back in some respects. What I actually mean by be patient is really be led by the prospect rather than pushing them constantly. So I'm not saying don't try and win now, What I'm hoping people can take from this is a way to build in some extra credibility so that you do sell what you can now, or at least as a second best, you're ingratiating people so that you are in their mind when the time is right, which will hopefully pave the way for your future opportunities. I think that's really important because at least what I'm seeing right now is a, a slight shift from where we were a couple of months ago, where we were just being told, no, we're not doing anything to well now this is going to be the norm for a longer period of time how do we actually start to operate with people working from home as the new norm so there's two things um, to consider so one is for prospecting and one is for progressing sales and they both hinge on evaluating what i call your you versus i focus so for prospecting um, not sure if people were on the event last week but sales confidence ran a, a leaders event one of the speakers made a great comment which was the hardest part of closing a deal is finding it and the more i thought about that after the more it resonated with me particularly in the current situation because one of the things i think you can do to win more right now comes down in part to what you're actually doing at the top of the funnel so it's about really as james kind of mentioned like meticulously evaluating who you're contacting and really why so An interesting thing I always get sales reps to do is to ask yourself how you versus I focused is my approach. One of the ways that you can do that is going back and looking at prospecting or outreach emails that you send and tallying up the number of times you use the words I, we, or your company versus you, yours, or your company. By doing that, you get a bit of an idea of the balance or potentially imbalance of the language that you're using being focused on them or you. So if your written language is more eye focused rather than focused on the prospect, the question you have to ask yourself is, are you really contacting that company or person for a valid reason? And two, there's also a pretty good chance um, that your spoken language when selling is more focused on who you are and what you do rather than the prospect's needs and the value that that business um, or the business is derived from your solution. So for me, the, the language you use really needs to be derived from the actual language of your intended prospect or current clients. There's a couple of simple ways to do that. So one is if you are doing deals right now, it's about getting the actual client story in their own words of why they're using you and building that language into your prospecting efforts. And two, <clears throat> if you're going after new prospects, it's doing ideally like intelligent things. In terms of, say, looking at job adverts or uh, JDs for the type of contact you want to sell to, to give you an idea of what's important to them. So you can tweak your message for that people, for those people or that role. So this is very specific within a process. But I'm making the assumption that you know, most companies have SDRs or you're responsible for your own outbound prospecting um, because you're probably not getting a lot of, of marketing leads right now. So this needs to be plugged into a systematic process where you're consistently building lists of companies that are a good fit, adding contacts, and then putting them through a sequence of emails and or calls. And obviously, as James mentioned, there's tools that you can use to evaluate that, and you can use also things like Aircall to actually evaluate your spoken language too. Where I think that makes a difference is that by focusing on the quality of what you're putting into that process, um, you're going to improve the number of good fit companies because you're going to take stuff out that's that's not a good fit. Um, <clears throat> and while you may then actually approach potentially less companies, you're more likely to have a better conversion rate. If you're improving your messaging you're leading um, that you're leading with, it means you're more likely to get more responses, have more conversations and generate more ops. And then by focusing on the selling language that you're using, Um, It means you're more likely to to increase positive outcomes from calls and either sign people now or as I mentioned is is ingratiate those people towards you so that you're more likely to be in their mind as a result of credibility if or when they do decide to do something. And the worst case scenario is that you'll just learn very quickly why things aren't working if that's actually being done as, as part of a systematic outbound approach so you'll get in and get out very quickly. Second thing to consider is about progression of opportunities. And at every stage in your cycle, just looking at right, how you versus I focused your approach is. So very simple one with demos is do you lead with a, a, a like 10 slide deck about who you are or does your conversation start with what's important to the prospect? Um, the second bit then is about sequence of events. And this is going beyond just knowing what the next step is, but actually understanding all the steps involved in order to come to a decision, who needs to be involved and getting dates assigned against those steps. The question you need to ask yourself when you're doing that is, 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 do I have a sequence of events and really importantly, who is actually driving it? If you don't have that set of steps, although you may think you know where you are in the sales cycle, that might not actually match up with where the prospect thinks they are. And you're just going to come across as pushy because you're going to be going back to them without a valid reason for, for needing to. So the best indication for me that you're on the right path is that the prospect is actually giving you um, the sequence of events without being asked because it's clear they're thinking about how to get a deal done. If they don't then obviously you need to ask them but you again need to be honest with yourself about are they driving it or are you driving it and I think one of the really simple kind of litmus tests for that is um, an analogy from men are from Mars, women are from Venus, which is about relationships being like an elastic band. So in a relationship, well, like people are sometimes pulling in different directions. If you're the person who's always doing the in, potentially the band will snap. So at some point in your sales cycle, you have to actually do the, the counterintuitive thing and stop and stand still and see whether the prospect goes past and actually starts to pull you along. Um, and I think one of the ways that you can actually do that within, <clears throat> within a sales cycle, for me, I think an important thing for you, for you to do is, is look at the risks in your opportunity. Um, one of the ways that we get our salespeople to do that is to actually use what they think is a risk to say to the prospect, this is what um, essentially uh, we think that um, may be a reason for you not to sign at this particular time. And in that way, what you're doing is actually making it much easier for the prospect to say no, uh, or basically agree with you rather than you pushing them to try and move along and then having to tell you no. So you're making it easy for people to say yes. Um, just going back, I uh, appreciate I have a little bit more time. Is um, So when when you're using or looking at your kind of messaging, I think one of the examples from uh, like B2B food ordering is um, algorithmic trading companies so um, we have a process where we kind of uh, put messages out to people that follows a pretty standard format but we tweak it per industry and per contact type Um, within algorithmic trading companies they uh, provide food um, to their traders every single day during lunch The reason they do that is because traders have to be on um, at their terminals throughout the day in order to execute trades. Now, as a marketing message, provide food to your staff to keep them locked to their desk is not really an attractive marketing message. Um, But when we turn up to prospects and we have that in our kind of um, our talk track, it demonstrates that we actually know how their business makes money um, and why they use food as a way um, to to kind offer a perk to to staff. So yeah, I think those for me are kind of uh, two ways right now that you can actually like look to build in more credibility to what you're doing, um, which hopefully helps you to build a better quality list um, for the people that you're performing outreach to, um, giving you obviously like valid reasons for actually contacting people, having better conversations, um, and giving yourself a much better chance of um, pushing people through. Uh, through sales cycle successfully Um those really are the, the kind of key the key bits that I uh, I think were kind of top of mind for us I think one of the things James had mentioned would kind of ask us when we had our rehearsal earlier in the week, the week was how we were dealing with sales people that, um, that aren't hitting target right now and I think um where the kind of patience thing came from is really you know the conversation we've had to have with people is that like it is very difficult right now we have adjusted some of the barometer that we have in terms of what we expect um <clears throat> and um we are um yeah just kind of uh looking for people to do obviously as much activity as as we can we can get out of them but right now we know that it's difficult to be doing deals, so um, we're yeah we're we're basically just asking people to, to obviously do, do what they can. But the expectation from a salesperson's perspective has got to really be that um, you're not going to be earning as much commission as you may have expected to be in, in normal times. And right now, the, the worst scenario is that you could be furloughed. Even worse than that, you could actually be out of a job. Um, so for me, it's about just obviously having some patience, knowing that everyone is in a difficult situation um, and just trying to obviously get what you can. Um, but really just trying to ingratiate people so that you're paving the way um, for your, your future sales. Um, Thank you, Sean. Great final
0: point now. I think, look, it, it, I think we are if you're in SaaS, you're in a privilege. If you're in SaaS and you still have a job, I think, um, you know, we should be grateful for that. And we have to be realistic. Um, There were some phenomenal shares in that, Sean. Um, Round of applause. Thank you for kicking off today's event. Um, If you can zip off and I'm going to bring in Alex and we'll bring you back for questions at the end. So um, it was great to hear um, Sean Condren then. Now, this next individual is a bit of a legend uh, in the industry. So actually. Just after graduation, um, Alex Brown, who's now the sales director at SAS Growth and Sales Confidence, uh, originally set up a chain of tattoo parlors. So this is a a business owner that then exited that business. He went from there and then he was running um, 20,000 plus attendee trade shows, hundreds of sponsors for a company called Prism down in Bristol. And then he recently moved to doing exact engagements for a company called GDS about six months ago i get a call who is it alex at the end of the phone he had me at hello as they say this is a man that loves the cold call or as we call it at sales confidence the warm call because there is no such thing as a cold call if the person at the end of the phone is breathing really looking forward to alex sharing wisdom over the next seven minutes um please do ask questions in the chat will Tom, Ed, thank you for the shout out.
1: Thank you, James. Um, OK, so I did have a chat with James originally on on what I was going to do my talk on. And um, I think it was universally agreed that um, me banging on about using the phone um, on every, every talk track I do was getting a bit old. So I'm going to take a new approach. I, I do recommend you get on the phone um, as your 101. Um, But um, I'm going to share a little story about um, an early job I had as an individual contributor um, and some of the takeaways I learned the hard way through maybe not having access to um, my peers, guidance, a little bit of mentorship to guide me through and and, and help me. Um, So I started out many, many, many years ago in an individual contributor role. I was selling educational books for children. Um, It was a commission-only role, so if I didn't sell, I didn't eat. Um, So I I was introduced to um, my sales manager who was probably a stereotypical uh, sales manager from a couple of decades ago. Um, A bit of a belly, chain smoke, 30 cigarettes a day arguably drove a car that was a little bit out of his price range um, and a a bit of a chauvinist maybe to boot. So um, my training for the company consisted of uh, the features and finer points of these educational books and and then I got the opportunity to shadow my sales manager um, where we essentially... We smoothed prospects. Um, We almost exclusively um, directed our pitch at at the father, the the dad of the situation. And we talked about things like how wonderful their car was and and tried to get dad excited and and engaged in the conversation. So um, as a a young man, while all of my friends were going to chase girls and boys um, and going out for beers, I was getting suited and booted and hitting the road to to sell my educational books so um, unsurprisingly the deals weren't coming in thick and fast I wasn't closing any deals that was a problem being a commission only role Um, I had to find a new process and quick Um, so I learned some key lessons uh, on this journey Um, and I think they're still very relevant today and and a number of them are extremely relevant at the moment so during sort of exploring and on the journey of learning my new process, I, I, I come to a quick revelation um, that actually nine times out of 10, when selling educational books to parents for their children, the DM, the decision maker is actually mum. And, you know, smoothing about how wonderful the car was with a, with, with a big engine and similar was definitely not the answer. So um, that was a bit of a a bit of a revolution revolutionized my approach essentially um and i had a bit of clarity on on who was driving the decision and if mum got the value and 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 you know saw the value in in the books then then the it generally drive the uh, drive the sale dad was certainly an influencer um but mum was the decision maker um so as I said, that revolutionised my approach, and I think it's it's really pertinent at the moment because I think a lot of us are finding that the decisions are going through certainly more um, influencers or, or decision makers, but equally we're we're having a lot more of a challenge with the for the likes of the CFO as an example. So um, that was a that revolutionised my process and. The second thing that I learned on my exploration um, of understanding how to sell these books was actually the features of the book that I'd been taught um, were really boring. Um, I'd lose prospects on that journey. So the finer points of Key Stage 3 weren't, um, weren't the most exciting topic to discuss. So I learned really quickly that actually I needed to stick in value. And in this situation, value um was combining their child their loved one with the book how did the child look after they'd been combined with a book what was what was the outcome of them giving the child the book that's what i needed to talk about um that was value mum and dad were invested in that conversation they would talk about it for days so um i learned very quickly to to move away from features and and similar uh, and actually talk about the outcome um, of working with me and equally working with a company that was was obviously selling the books. Um, so, you know, how would that accelerate their child? Um, and, and, and the reason that's obviously really pertinent today is we're all being scrutinised a lot more um, as salespeople about, you know, where the ROI is, what the outcome, what does it look like to be working with us at the moment? And, and, and ROI is a big topic. So, um, I've carried that with me to to, to today. Um, the last thing that I learned on my initial IC journey um, was that actually it didn't matter whatsoever at what level of academic intelligence the child was. It just didn't matter. It didn't come into it. It didn't matter if they were borderline genius or actually they were thick as um, It turns out that the, the, the decision makers, the parents, wanted exactly the same outcome if, if they were at either end of the spectrum. So they wanted their child to do better, whether he was bottom of the class or top of the class. They wanted him to make that incremental improvement. So. I think that applies really well to today and you know we're all we're all wondering whether we should be reaching out to prospects and similar but if you've genuinely got something valuable um that can help to accelerate uh, a prospect in some way it doesn't matter what you know where they are currently that it's worthwhile having that conversation and um you know if you can if you think you can add value anywhere my advice would be to reach out and, and and start that conversation so A little bit of a different track from me, but just some of the learnings I had on my um, uh, initial IC journey um, and some learnings that I've carried with me that I think at the moment are are extremely pertinent um, to anyone in an IC role.
0: Alex, thank you for sharing and some great uh, stories. It's funny that it does remind me of my um, first sales role. It was a commission only door-to-door role persuading people to get their milk delivered so you can imagine knocking on someone's door who in their weekly or daily shop goes to Tesco's Waitrose Asda persuading them that they should get it delivered and actually it was the benefits to the local community versus the fact it was milk and so thinking about what we all sell today is software solutions You know, I love that focus on the outcome. What value is this going to add? And I would ask this, and you have to ask yourself this question. If you don't believe your solution adds value to the people you're pitching, find another company to work for. Because it's it's unconscious and you will be smelt out by your prospect. So great chat. Thank you, Alex. We'll invite you back for questions at the end. Um, I'm just getting my... Download on Will. So, Will Conning. Wow. Um, get ready, Will. Like, one of the things, I've watched this individual rise up over the last um, two to three years. Um, he's worked in a lot of SaaS company environments, and he's always been known as the individual that leads with opening the most doors. And he is a super. Listen very carefully... To what he's saying also um consider the fact that he is one of the first sales confidence 100 founding members of our learning and development platform now it's not surprising is it that he's now up on stage it's not surprising that he outcompetes most of the people we look after our members If you are on here today, speak to one of the team and become one of the very first Sales Confidence members, and we will look after you 365 days a year. For now, I will pass over to Will Conning, an absolute legend, currently the head of sales at Mintigo.
3: Thanks very much, James. Um, Hi, guys. Great to be here. And yeah, no, it's great to be um, uh, one of the first members of uh, Sales Confidence. Um, so today, just a bit of quick of intro to myself, I am the head of sales over at a financial well-being company called Mintigo. Um, I, I specialize in working in very early stage tech startups um, in sales. In sales, I'm particularly passionate about two things. Um, one, that's sales development and prospecting, as as James mentioned. And then the second thing is is coaching others to be great. And the reason why that is, is, is sales gave me a purpose in life, and I just really want to pay pay that forward. So, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we've been up to at Mintigo with regards to prospecting, um, some of the challenges that we face, and give you some actions that you can actually take away today uh, and do tomorrow, and hopefully get you guys some more pipeline. Uh, so, selling financial well being, we sell into the HR space. Um, anyone that's selling into HR right now will know that they are very much on the front line of the COVID 19 battle in the business side of things, right? So, safe to say for us, it's been really tough um before this our pipeline got decimated um as a seed startup additional resources is is always incredibly limited and all of the usual tactics that we were using are just simply just it was getting nothing i mean we were banging our heads against a brick wall but um we're very positive um we assessed the situation and we made um We we really decided that we needed to just simply just take matters as sales guys. There's only two of us. We need to take our our prospecting, our our demand generation, our marketing, in fact, into our own hands. We need to own it. Right. And that's the theme of my talk. So we did five five things um, that's made uh, a huge difference. Um, Number one is we completely redesigned our business development processes. Um, We took a deeper understanding of the exact challenges our customers are facing from a business and from a personal level, because right now people are feeling this personally, right? We wrote all our cadences and messaging to align with the current challenges they're facing now. We've increased our social presence 10 times, 10x. Um, And and very importantly, we gave ourselves time to put this in place. Um, So, yeah, it's probably taken about four weeks to get to where we are. since we made these changes. But what I'm really happy to report is that um, since the 1st of May to the 12th of May, we generated 23 sales qualified leads. Um, And I'm sure anyone right now will be absolutely happy with that. I certainly am delighted um, and hopefully we've got a nice pipeline to sell to. So I just want to go into those things in a little bit more detail to give you guys some actions that you can take away. So number one, it's it's that cadence design. it's all about a process, right? Kind of what Sean was talking about. And for me, processes are so important as a baseline because it allows you to achieve scale. It allows you to build baseline measurements and how, how any more extra work affects those measurements. You can see the effectiveness of effectiveness of your work. It can see the effectiveness of your messaging. And what it also does is it gives you a lot of data, not only for yourself to improve upon, but it allows you as salespeople to add additional value to the rest of the stakeholders in your business to, to, to show that you are doing something right now to help change the balance of where you are right now. So when it comes to building your cadence, um, I recommend doing two things that's, um, that's good for us. So number one, it's to create an automated cadence um, that is industry specific. So I created four cadences um, for four different industries. Um, I A B AB tested everything um, and it was still about a thousand prospects, right? So building that list was a bit of hard work, I will admit. But the idea is that cadences are designed to educate the customer and raise awareness of the Mintigo brand. There's no call to actions, there's nothing like that. Um, but what we did, we put those cadences on our favorite sales engagement tool and we were able to see who was clicking on those emails and i put a rule in that said if you click on that email three times or you open three of the four emails you my friend are a warm lead in our in our world right now we then put those warm leads in a an intensive cold calling or warm calling um cadence combined with linkedin as well so when we pick up the phone if we do get their number or they do see the connection crest on linkedin they should know who who um who go are, and that has been delivering the business the last few weeks as well. So I highly recommend that process. Um, when it comes to getting to understand the exact challenges of your customer, um, there's so many great resources on there. We should all know how important that is right now. The tip that I wanted to share with you today is to create, curate, and document a library of all that awesome content. You can use a Google Sheet. I've got a template I can send to you. That is an incredibly useful resource for building cadences, for getting to know your, message, your customer better, and for sharing that content to the other people so you come across as that trusted advisor and an industry expert in your area of, um, of your selling. So yeah, really recommend that as a, as a top tip. Um, when it comes to building your, your messaging, right? I, so I build this cadence, and I had like four emails going in this cadence, and I write very sharp, short, to the point. And I realized that maybe that tone is wrong. So what I did is I tasked my colleague, Ollie, to rewrite exactly the same cadence, but in his own messaging. So suddenly I've got two cadences saying the same thing, but in a different tone. And what I did is I put that into an A-B test. So let's just say 50 emails to one, 50 emails to the other. And I was able to report back on that to see what kind of tone resonates better with my customers so, the next time I do another cadence, I use that cut tone and I improve my open rate. I imp- improve my click rate. I improve my response rate and booking those meetings. So a B testing, working in pairs um, is a really, really productive way of um, getting more out of the work that you're doing right now. Um, the, around social media, um, I'm not a social I'm not a social media expert compared to some of the people that talk on sales confidence. But what I'd like to do is share two tips that are doing the business for us right now. Um, Number one, it's searching industry hashtags. So for us, a good example is hashtag wellbeing. Search for that in LinkedIn. And then suddenly all you see is posts that are LinkedIn um, that are specific to that hashtag. And that's where your customers are commenting too. So that's where you want to be commenting. That's where you want to be getting that engagement from from there. And we've got at least three or four leads from, from that way as well. Um, it's a great way of raising your brand as well. Um, if you do that two or three times a week, half an hour here, half an hour there, you will see so much out of that. The second tip I have for social is have a killer question that you ask any new connection that is a potential prospect. Um, so for us, the question that we're asking is, hey, Dave, great to connect. Um, what do you think's better, financial well-being or the term money mindfulness? You know, it, it's, it's perfect for us because that's kind of what we're selling. But what it does is it invites the, the prospect to contribute and they, they appreciate that. And that, again, has delivered so many leads for us as well. Um, yeah, really, really useful uh, tip there that um, I wish I knew about two years ago because it really has um, delivered the leads that we need. Um, on top of that, I think the, the the giving yourself the time is right now we are in a position right, where you do have time on your hands. For once, you know, people aren't buying right now, we know that. You've got time to prepare for this. Not only should you be taking the time to build all these processes out, to take that ownership of those cadences, but what you should also do is take that time to look after yourself. Look after your well-being. You are no good to anyone if you are not looking after yourself now, because you need to be selling in three to six months' time, right? So really, really look after yourself. Um, nurture your leads, so when the time comes, they know straight to come to you. And and that's that's the approach that we're taking. Um, so yeah, I think they're the only kind of real tips that I'd like to share today. Um, So just to quickly summarize, then it's kind of it's all about taking ownership, right? So take ownership of your strategy for BD, take ownership of your messaging, take ownership of your processes and then take ownership of your well-being as well. Um, Yeah, if you guys want to see any of uh, the work that I've done, um, I've got some takeaways for you. So I've got some checklists, I've got some cadence design examples um, I've got that content library template. Um, I'll ping my details in the chat. Feel free to ping them out to me um, and then hopefully you can do the work I did in four weeks in, in two. Um, so yeah, that's me. Thank you
0: very much. Um, loads of nuggets of insights in there. Um, please drop your LinkedIn and your email in the chat so everybody can um, send you a message. Um, huge amount of gold. I-, I think there's some takeaways even for the sales confidence team. And I love your focus on well-being. You're absolutely right. I think we all need to be looking after ourselves. We can't look after others if we don't look after ourselves. And also, um, you want to sustain. You have to survive this. Something that I took away as an optimist is, you know, I was still holding on to overachieving our company target this year as a CEO. And I had to accept that the gold medal right now is to survive. Yeah. And in your role as an IC, survival might mean demonstrating that you're doing activity every day, every week. And you can't question activity, Right it's there are there is flexibility right now on people not hitting targets simply because a lot of industries and companies are frozen yeah um so just love the sentiment we're bringing you back for the q a we're just going to invite our next speaker up cheers guys oh that's me (laughs) i had a little bit of a change didn't i first time i put on a shirt or a jacket in three months um And that's an important part because I want for you to take away how you can change your experience even while it feels like you're locked up at home a lot of the time right now. So the topic of this seven-minute talk is focused on how to have a winning mindset while still doing outbound prospecting. I'm going to share with you five, five key areas of focus that I believe you can take away and consider to improve the outcomes right now. So number one is understand your why. Number two, what is the vision you have for you as an individual and the contribution you want to make to the company that you work for right now? Number three, action. You have to take action and that means activity if you are driven to win, perform, hit whatever current target you've got right now, you must take action and you must have high activity. Four, accept what is happening around you and focus on the controllables. And the fifth is how do you maintain a winning mindset? Survive, plan to win. And I've got two bonus tips I'll throw in later. So just to give you a bit of background of me I started my career in sales as I mentioned earlier going door to door persuading families to get their milk delivered and one of the basics that I took away from that is love the word no. Love to be told to go away. Love rejection because if you embrace that the more no's the closer you get to that yes. So simply, actually, we just used to use a bit of paper or our hand. And every time we got a no, we just waltz around and we'd mark it on our hands. Cross, cross, cross. And then as soon as we got that yes, oh, we gave ourselves a big tick, right? You've got to learn to love the no. And right now, we're all getting a lot of no's. Everyone is getting a lot of no's. So let's just... Recall why you do what you do. From there, I've had a career. um, I spent over 10 years in the software industry. I've gone through every role from SDR to IC to manager to VP. And now I'm the CEO and founder of what is becoming and set to become the world's most valuable B2B sales community. We were the first in the world to launch a B2B learning and development platform. And you all have access and all have the ability to get access to this. I want to make sure that each of you, Graham, Rosanna, Adam, Georgina, Will, Charles, can become the best that you can be. And the best you can be might be 10% better, 20%, 30%, 50%. But imagine what that will do to your lives if you can improve yourself, the outcomes in your personal career and for your company. It will transform you. And this is why being a sales professional is the best career in this world, I'm going to talk about that mindset. So, the first point: your why. Why do you do what you do? This is a really deep question. You have to go deep inside your soul and ask yourself: why do you do what you do? Why do you decide to join the company that you're currently working for? Why do you care about helping your prospects and your customers with the solution? That you're pitching because you have to care about the solution you have to understand intimately the value that you're creating for somebody else and that why why does that matter to you why does it matter to you that you're going to help your buyer improve their process give them ROI why does it matter to you to be successful You know, I've been from that journey. I've been a 25k earner. I've been a 50k earner, a 100k earner, 150k earner, a 200k earner. But it's more than that. You have to understand why you're going to do so. Graham, Rosanna, Shane, think about it. Write it down. Put it on a wall. Second, the vision for your career. I've interacted over the last three years with thousands of salespeople in person and online. It's obvious to me when you are a bit lost. You don't have any direction. You're still working off a framework someone gave you at school or at university. It's not clear where you're headed. I knew that I wanted to work at a global software company. I couldn't get that opportunity on day one. It took me three roles before I joined LinkedIn. And then I had the opportunity of the lifetime to become number one at LinkedIn on LinkedIn globally. But I understood my why, and my why personally was to build a global company that we're now building with the amazing team, people like Alex Brown, and many of the people on this chat today. That is why, and I had a vision to create a platform where you guys and girls can be helped at each stage of your career. That's why when you get involved in what we do, we will transform, we will transform your career. We will accelerate your earnings. We will accelerate where you wanna get to if you understand your vision. But if you come to us and you just wanna be a little bit better and you might hit your target, it's not good enough. Understand the vision. Action. Taking action. The fundamental difference between winners and losers is action. And most of you right now are sitting down on your asses. And actually, while you're listening to me, why don't you get up off your feet? Shake your toes a little bit. Feel the blood pumping a little bit. I'm doing this standing up because I want to be focused and I want to make sure you're getting value from what I'm sharing. That's really, really important. But you've got to take action. We have shared so much information on here. We're going to follow up with the recording. Half of you will watch the recording. We're going to send out the blogs, the recap, a smaller percentage will read it again. A handful of you, and that's the real winners in there, the real winners somewhere in there, will take action. Lyri. I love that you're standing. Big shout out um, to Liri. That's what we want. Action. She's already ahead of you. So what action can you take after this call to move forwards? One action might be to contact one of our team members and learn about the sales confidence membership. The next action might be to speak to your manager, your sales VP, your CRO, and ask them, what are they doing right now to invest in your development? how are they helping you and if they can't give you a good answer start thinking about moving on and speak to charles in talent solutions and we'll help you with your career number 4 accept what you cannot control right now we are in some of the most challenging challenging times for humanity and as a professional and as a professional salesperson There has never been a more difficult time. Not 2008, 2009, not September 11th, not the dot-com bubble. Not when we fell out of the exchange. You know, this is challenging times. So accept what you can control. I, I, I can control what I wear. I can control if I'm going to bring my A game. I can control how many times I'm going to pick up the phone every day. I can't control what's going to happen in some places when I go outside. So I'm not going to worry about certain things. You need to focus and worry about what you can control. And right now, you control the trajectory of your career and you control what's going on up here. Number five, that winning mindset. At Sales Confidence, as we elevate you, we help you move from here to here to here to here. Until you decide you've got as far as you want to go. But that winning mindset requires a survival mindset. And I highlighted earlier that for me, I'm a gold medalist. I was a sports person and my focus was on gold. Did I always win? No. I used to be attached to that fact. I know, and this is the bone, I'll get onto attachment in a minute. But I am someone that chooses to have a winning mindset and I'm focused on winning and I want to help you win. But you can make a choice. You have to make a decision. You have to choose if you are going to win right now. And that might be confusing. How can I win? How can I smash my target? How can I overachieve? How can I earn my commission when there's so much difficulty around us? You choose. And that choice will change how you respond in this crisis. So my bonus two tips is attachment. Now, I'm very much an advocate of Buddhism philosophy. And there's a great book, there's many, but the one teaching of the Buddha. And really how you detach yourself now from that target. You know, you set yourself a goal at the beginning of the year. You set yourself a goal at the beginning of the month. You're not hitting it. Generally, 50% of salespeople don't hit their target. Now it's something like 70, 80, 90%. It's difficult, but don't be attached to that. Focus on what you can control, your activity. Will, Sean, Alex gave you some golden nuggets. Focus on that. Focus on that activity and do not be attached to these targets because you'll feel terrible. Number seven, this is my final point before I wrap up and we invite everybody back. Have patience pause. I'm very public about the challenges I've had as an individual because I didn't take my time. I was not patient enough. Many of you that choose to participate in sales confidence, and I know a lot of our members are here as well today, those of you involved in the learning development membership, you're type A characters, you're perfectionists, and you do want to win. You don't know how to all the time, but you do want to win that creates a lot of additional stress. So be patient. Speakers, I'm going to invite you back in a second. So please be ready. So in summary, how do you create this mindset so you can continue to perform, continue to have a good sense of well-being and have this winning mindset? Number one, to recap, understand your why. Why does it matter what you're doing right now? Two, Vision. Have a vision for yourself in the future. Go draw it. Go write it down. Put it on the wall. Number three, take action and focus on activity. Number four, accept what you can control. Five, winning and focus on the winning mindset. And results are a great point. Thank you, Shane. As a bonus, attachment. Don't be attached to your targets right now. Don't be attached to the income, even though you're aspiring to it. Seven, have patience. Breathe. Pause. Take a moment after this. Go for a walk. It's okay if you're not achieving what you thought you might be achieving at this point of the year right now. Because you will, if you do the activity and you take stock, come back stronger. So thank you very much for listening. I'm going to invite the other speakers back on now and we're going to have a little bit of a Q&A. Everybody that isn't shy and it's taking action, do comment. David, Graham, Rosanna, Adam, Georgina, Shane, Nuno. It's time to ask questions. Um, so I'll start off and warm this up a little bit. Um, Sean, we're still waiting for you to get back involved. He's struggling. So one of the first, one of the first questions I have... Um Jack, can you give Shay, uh, Sean a call, please? Um, one of the questions I have for you guys right now is um, how have you been coping through this challenging time? have you have you had some habits that you've set up? Are you exercising more, are you meditating what what coping strategies have you been using to to stay well and sustain yourself through this difficult time?
3: um so f- for me i, I have a-, a routine in the morning um so number one it's walk the dog uh two got a little meditation app as well so i do and then i have my morning coffee and take my time i make sure that i do all that before i start work to so i'm in that more chilled out mindset to just crack on um that for me has been um really helpful and then t- more sort of just to some of your points at the end, James, about kind of that, that mindfulness and that, and that mindset and like trying to achieve these, frankly, unattainable targets. That's It doesn't make sense. So by creating that baseline metric that I was talking about, I'm, I'm able to see my progress from last week. So it's all about those marginal gains, right? I know that mm-hmm. I did better than last week, right? And, and next week, I know I did better than this week. Right. And that for me is a much more healthier mindset to get me through and to get my team through these worlds. Cool.
0: I love that. That, that. Absolutely. We're big believers at sales confidence in marginal yeah. gains and celebrate, we celebrate the small wins because right now those big ones are not attainable. Yeah. You know, we had to reduce our targets. We had to make some adaptions. Um, so, so that's really yeah. great. Alex?
1: Yeah, um, I echo uh, a couple of points that Will's just made, actually, and, uh, and one of them is 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 my morning structure. Probably to James's annoyance, I'm 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 managing myself with only checking my emails at seven thirty. I'm a bit of an early riser anyway, um, but I'm I'm taking half an hour to an hour every morning to to gear up for the day um with my thoughts and, and no social media no access to phones and similar and i'll check that about 7 30 um james is a bit of an early riser as well so we will usually communicate early in the morning um so i'm not getting back to him until nearly quarter to eight now which i imagine is a, a frustration but um it's really helping me actually um and i think it's really important to set yourself up in the right way um, the other thing I'd really echo is 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 something that James said earlier, which is is activity. I'm just keeping myself busy um, during the workday. I'm having as many conversations as I can, and actually, it, it it's warming every day to talk to people who are still moving forward and you know are still looking to do business and build pipeline and similar. So one of the things that's keeping me going actually is is is, is keeping that activity and that outreach level up which is allowing me to engage with people who have a similar mindset that you know the world is still turning and we're still moving so um yeah those two things are really really helping me
0: that's great um so i've got some questions coming through right now um so there's a few questions here about cadences will i think we're definitely gonna have to get you to write a blog and also get you to publish on the sales confidence community platform sure. um you talked about cadence design and you've had to re-engineer things. Like, how did you go about that? Did you print it all out and put it on a wall? Do you type it up? Do you
3: experiment? Yeah. How
0: do you actually go through that? So, process? so
3: before I before I even use anything like um, like I use SalesLoft as an example. Before I even chuck touch that, right? I design everything um, in like Lucidchart, you know, to say right touch one, touch two, touch three, touch four. Um, I then create the messaging in like a Google Doc as well. Right. So I can share that with my colleague for a little bit of, you know, sense checking, that kind of stuff. That's always really helpful. Um, and then uh, what else do I do? Um, so, yeah, I kind of assemble it all in my plan in my head first, plan and prepare everything before you go put it into your your sales prospecting software. That for me is, you know, at a very high level, um, a, 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 a big, big must for me.
0: OK, that's great. Um, question from Hanan Khan, who's just come in. Uh, he's got around seventy-five accounts. Welcome back, Sean. He's got around seventy-five account target accounts. He's got a prospect into. How would you break down that your week to prospect across seventy-five ta- accounts? Would you? I'll give you something. I'll give you some gold because I, I, I used to do this. But firstly, even if it's your gut, you need to prioritize your accounts. A, B, or C. One, two, or three. So I take the top 20% of accounts, my A accounts, and I allocate the majority of prospecting time to the A's, then the B's, which is the 60%, and then 20% goes into C's. So really, you shouldn't expect to break all your accounts anyway. And frankly, if you do the math, you probably only need to open up 20% of your accounts to hit your target or overachieve your target anyway. So prioritization for me is key. Um, any thoughts on that, Sean?
2: So I, I missed the uh, the original question. So. It, okay.
0: So how do you um, um, prioritize your time if you had 75 target atta- accounts to prospect into?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I think the way that we've been kind of prioritizing stuff is really just, I guess, kind of goodness of fit. So we're trying to go after like, initially companies that fit our typical client profile, which I think is, is probably a fairly standard thing. At the moment, you know, the, the kind of company that is coming to us is actually like drastically different. Um, so to be honest, there's like a, there's a little bit of, of guesswork, um, and really it's just the case of like, we're essentially doing our like AB testing. So we, we've actually had a lot of kind of hands from different areas of the business that wouldn't normally be prospecting. And what we're doing is kind of what we were mentioning before, which is we have a very kind of defined process for how we prospect. And we're really basically testing like two different industries per week. And we're just saying, like, this is where we're having more success. And we're then going again with something different, A-B testing, and just constantly refining it.
3: So right now... That... What about you, uh, Do you know oh, It's almost identical, actually, really. I think we're doing, like, four industries a week. But, yeah, it's all A-B tested, what works best, what works doesn't, and then double down on what does work.
0: Alex, have you got any
1: thoughts? I agree with uh, both will to be honest and 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 you actually i'd i'd initially um break it down into abc categories as you put it um and and look i i maybe even be looking to subset you know um implement a different messaging um for subsections of my audience so um yeah depending on how that looks but i think the advice that's just been given is 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 bang on and 101
0: great thanks for the questions coming through can you keep them coming in please um we've we've got plenty of people on the line um one from kevin um rising star at sales confidence um you can speak to him about um sales confidence memberships is there one thing that you could pinpoint that accelerated your career you know something that you just remember and you're like that that made a difference to me
3: uh, yeah uh it was uh, joining perk boxes like i don't know the third sales guy or something like that um i'm just watching um Watching a rocket ship take off, I mean, that's like, that's sexy stuff, right? You know, just loved it. And that's been with me ever since. Amazing. Sean? Um, Yeah, I think,
2: uh, I mean, for me, it was really um, working at Seamless was probably one of the the biggest accelerators because of the volume of deals. So, like, prior to that, I'd worked in two companies where it was a little bit more kind of enterprise-like. Seamless, although it's a food ordering platform, you do actually go through a kind of a classic um like SaaS sales cycle. Um, but because of the nature of what you're selling, um it's a lot kind of um just shorter and sharper. So you get like there was great exposure, and I, you know, I was closing kind of like 40 plus deals per year.
0: Great. Alex
1: Yeah, for me, um it was more of an epiphany moment um, rather than a a specific company Um, and that was that you you really are the master of your own destiny. So a number of things we've discussed today, you know, activity, um, mindset, well-being and similar, um, you really are the architect of of, um, the outcomes for you Um, and that gave me some clarity in terms of, you know, what I needed to do and how I needed to apply myself in order to achieve um, and that was a really positive epiphany and mindset for me.
0: Interesting. I had a, I've had had a few uh, along the way. One that I recall that was quite impactful. Um, we were lucky. I worked for an early stage SaaS company called Huddle. And um, we uh, hired the VP of sales, who was Mark Benioff's first hire at Salesforce outside of the U.S., A guy called Simon O'Kane. Go look up Simon O'Kane. He now is responsible for Europe for Qualtrics. And he's had a number of um, exits as a sales leader. But I remember him sitting me down one day because I was frustrated. um, And one of the questions is about moving into a a leadership or or a management role. And he said, look, James, um, focus. And it's the most frustrating word, focus, because it's so simplistic And we say it almost every day at Sales Confidence, just focus on your A game. But to focus on your A game, you have to understand what are the things that you need to do right now to be successful. And what tends to happen is you think you need to move into management. You think you need to get promoted. You think you should get a pay rise. You think these are thoughts, but focus on that activity and the good things will come. And for me, it eventually did come. Um so you know thank you Simon um big shout out to you I'm just reading some more questions so guys just so you're aware what happens next we're going to move into the networking section so if you scroll your eye to across the page there's a networking section and it's like a handshakey so what happens is after we wrap up this call you can network with everybody else that's on here not just the speakers have one to one conversations and then just politely once you want to move on move on to the next person so we care about experiences. Look, I would much rather be doing this in person. I'd love to see everybody. I'd love to hang out, handshake, hug. We can't do that right now. So let's just use this opportunity to network and make connections. Connections still is going to what's enable to success. Someone asked a question, guys. How do you get over a bad day? And how do you stay busy? Now, I, I would say this. Cadences, email and calling, when people don't pick up, is frustrating. So something I do, I literally just call my mates and have 30-second chats to get my muscle going. So if I'm on a, having a down, let's say, for example, for the next hour I was uh, making warm calls or cold calls, whatever you want to call them, prospecting calls, and I wasn't getting any success. i just pick up my phone and i just roll after, one after another, and i just have to start having conversations with my mates. And then once I've had a little banter, I get yeah. off the phone and I'll get back onto what I need to do, and that helps me. The other thing is... If you really want to get over a bad day, move rooms in your house and turn on some big tunes. Yeah. Some of you will know I've started to learn oh, to no. DJ at the weekend, right? <laughs>
1: Actually, I
3: wasn't um, like my guitar. That's, that's a later one. Um, <laughs> but if you want to change,
0: if you want to change your mood, change your music. Change what you're telling yourself because that is what's making you feel terrible focus on what you can control and go change the music
3: will what do you do uh, so for me I, I walk my dog um i live by the seaside lucky boy um for those that don't um this meditation thing's really new for me like honestly try it don't knock it until you tried it it's 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 powerful right
0: alex
1: struggle um to be honest will with the with the meditation piece although i have tried before um i i actually think that the best thing to do is, is is take some kind of break and and how that looks for you will be very personal um but take some take 10 minutes take 15 minutes out refresh your mind talk to a friend do whatever you need to do um but just realign Uh, yeah I do a couple of similar
2: things to the guys as well so uh, I do actually do a bit of meditation I think really important just through like each kind of day in the week I I try to do combinations of things to like detach from the day so like exercise readings it's just a map like two massive and easy ones I think as you're going through the day like one of the things I do is try to block out times to do certain things and when I'm doing calling if I do get like a hard no or, you know, basically get mugged off really badly on the phone, I just try to make a joke of it. So we we'll often do that on Slack. We have like groups of sales teams or BDRs. We'll just put stuff in there and just make light of the situation as best you can.
0: Yeah, we actually have a group. Uh, we probably should use it more just purely focused on banter um, to have fun. All right, guys, listen, um, I'm just going to ask you now to impart one final piece of wisdom <coughs> um with the audience um everybody's really i hope had a huge amount of fun and if you have let us know right if you if you think this was crap tell us as well um because we need to know how to improve it but if you thought it was good or great then get onto linkedin and tell everybody that it was great so we can get involved um we got a few fans of techno a bit of reggae i'm um, good to see but what's your final thought sean Condon? um
2: i guess kind of similar link to what you just said really for me it's uh like don't be scared of the truth. So actually evaluate really hard what it is that you're doing. And don't be scared if you get things wrong, because that's how you're going to learn, iterate and change and move forward.
3: Amazing. Will? Give yourself the time today to plan for the brighter tomorrow.
0: Love that. Alex Brown?
1: A bit of wisdom that was um, given to me by one of my old friends, managers but a very successful one Um, when you feel your back's against the wall when you feel um, you're in a little bit of trouble professionally uh, hard work will be your best friend Um, and it will dig you out of any situation or hole so um, maintain that activity and keep working hard
0: Um, thank you Uh, thank you for the uh, shout out Aaron Wong Um, for me two Number one is surround yourself with great positive people. Even if you can't physically do that, get on the phone, get onto LinkedIn and surround yourself with great people that are positive. And number two, on Alex's point, just outwork them. So if you surround yourself with great positive people and then you can outwork them, you will get closer to enjoying yourself. So this has been fantastic. Um, thank you for the positive comments, Shane, Aaron, Mike, Paul. We're now going to move to the networking section, so don't leg it. Um, just on the transition over to networking, there's an expo section. So if you want to check out who our partners are, we we mentioned a few of those. Sales Loft, Aircool, Refract, SalesWorks. Just go and see who they are. Drop our name when you speak to them. They'll look after you. Um, had uh, a great time. Have a great day. Stay safe and have fun. Um, networking, here we go.